Roll around the real historic baseball. Talk. Coast, coast, border, border. Talking to vintage baseball players and all the other stuff we do. Obviously, the song is Helen and the Trash Pandas, and I played it at the Michigan State tailgate this last Saturday, which was the best part of the day. I feel like it was the only competitive part of the day. Uh, joined by my co-host, as usual, Rudy Swampfox Frias. Rudy, before I tell you about my weekend, tell us about your weekend. Oh, I went down to... Um... Lake Snowden, which is, uh, I believe, where Edward's hanging out and hiding. Yes, I know it's his asylum. <laughs> uh, no, we, uh, I think it's like technically Albany, Ohio, which is about 20 minutes south of Athens for the Paw Paw Festival. My, uh, my family, we do it every year. Michelle and I have been doing it, we've been going there since like, I don't know, since like 2011, something like that. 2010 and uh yeah had a great weekend with the family at the pawpaw festival have you ever had a pawpaw uh there in barrel roller a pawpaw is um is that anything like a meemaw <laughs> yeah it's it's like it's a it's, a, it's kind of like a meemaw but it's not okay uh yes Okay. Yeah, they're great. They're delicious. <laughs> no, I have no idea what you're talking I about. I love pawpaw. Pawpaw is Ohio's largest native fruit. It might be Ohio's only native fruit. I'm not sure, but it's um, it's like a mango and a banana had a baby, and it's wrapped in a pear. Um, okay, so the and, funniest uh, thing about citrus fruits is yeah. I don't like mango. Telegram for mango. And... I don't like any of the cantaloupe or any of that family. Okay. My entire life. But now all of a sudden, now within the last two months, I enjoy the green one. What is the green one? Honeydew. Yeah, honeydew. I can eat honeydew melon now, and I like it. It has to be, it has to be firm because I have a texture issue with the melon. Yeah. Uh, but Ooh. I, but I love the taste. Uh. You but you won't like a pawpaw. Yeah, but I can't taste. I don't like any of the other ones. But it's weird how our taste buds change, and I can all of a sudden, over fifty years old, enjoy the honeydew melon. That's weird. That's called growth, buddy. Congratulations! I'm proud of you. But uh, the uh, the pawpaw is like a custard, um, and you they make you can make anything with it. I particularly like Jackie O's pawpaw wheat, which is uh, a nine point five alcohol content and it is delicious and it is only made for like three weeks out of the year in september and then it's gone so it's uh but you know music feral children drinking it's a great time so as we wait for our guest uh i am talking to him right now so he is <laughs> He is saying I, I never emailed him, and I have the proof in front of me that I did on Thursday. So <laughs> I'm going to meet, uh, email him again, unless I sent it to the wrong address, but I feel like I copied it. 
my weekend started with going to the Michigan State game as I do. Let's see how this works. Uh, and we do a big tailgate there. I go to every home game. We are in a church parking lot. And we always have a food theme. It was Italian this year. But you know what I do is I like to do a theme inside of a theme. So this year oh. I did kebabs. So whatever they come up with for the food theme, I'm making kebabs. It's like a dream inside a dream inside a dream inside a dream inside. <laughs> so uh, I did that. I did uh, an anapasto kebab. And I did an Italian uh, beef and sausage kebab. And... All of our food is always delicious. You really have to step up your game at this tailgate. Uh, and then we uh, did our walk to the game. And then, damn it, if everything didn't go downhill after that, because uh, Michigan State was severely outplayed, uh, severely outmanned. They have a super senior at quarterback at Washington. And let me tell you what, he's not going to play in the NFL. Don't get excited. <laughs> he did not look that great, but Michigan State's defense looked that bad. Uh, this guy d was throwing floaters all over the place, and he was throwing them right where he needed to. He had great anticipation of where the receiver was going to end up by the time the ball came down, but this guy has no zip on his passes. Uh, nothing for anybody. Nothing for anybody to fear. Was this expected? Was this a fear going into this mat, this game? Uh, like, was it expected to lose? Yes. Uh, was it expected to get blown out? Oh, okay. Mark, Mark oh. said he found the email that he says I didn't send him. Oh, uh, we're going to admit him right now, but we're not going to talk to him as a penalty. Uh, Mark has to serve a two minute penalty for not reading emails. Okay. So, uh, we're going to bring in our guest, Mark, uh, Mark Pisanello, right here uh, in a second. Okay. In a, no, but you're not allowed to talk, okay? Okay. You okay. have a two-minute penalty for not reading emails, <laughs> and uh, we're going to finish what we were talking about while we were waiting for it. Uh, anyway, so uh, Washington is much better than Michigan State. We knew we were going to lose with Mel Tucker getting fired. Uh, I don't even think you can use that as an excuse. We don't have the athleticism to hang with a team like Washington right now. And our quarterback is not good. This Noah Kim who keeps uh, moving around looking for a team uh, so he can make it to the NFL. Him and his father are in for a bad rude awakening. They're not going to the NFL. So, uh, yeah, we're we're a middle-of-the-road team. We're going to play Maryland next week. We're going to play Tua's brother. We'll probably get beaten a close one. But, uh, okay. We enjoyed the first two weeks of the season when we played the lesser thens and whatever. We're just hoping to get six for a bowl game. I guess I shouldn't say we because it's only my opinion. You know, no, no, you you're you're a part of that team. You say we. You hear me? We uh, hoping to go to a bowl game anyway. Uh, and and then on Sunday it's uh, the NFL red zone. Rudy, you know this. Uh, all I do on Sunday yeah. is watch football in the red zone. The Dolphins were on Sunday night. Uh, it was a close game throughout because they have the best coach in NFL history. And no matter how much better the Dolphins are than the Patriots, and it's a lot. We're a lot better than the Patriots. 
Are, not. are the Dolphins a top five team? Mm, I'm not. I'm. I'm not ready to say it. Okay. Uh, they're top ten. Okay. Uh, but an in interdivision road game, and we didn't have to go to New England in the middle of winter. Uh, it was a big win. Big win. So uh, a lot of football in my life this last weekend, and we'll talk about what's coming up in my life. And Rudy, we'll talk about uh, what's what park is coming up in your life, or uh, <laughs> what is the family activity you have planned, the hike, the hiking, yeah. or whatever it is next weekend. Uh, but now, <laughs> after serving his penalty, is Mark Pisanello from the Alliance Crossing Rails from Ohio. Mark, uh, welcome to the show, my friend. How's it going, guys? It, it's it going, going good. Uh, let me give you. I feel like you deserve a a little bit of a better introduction. Yeah, I was about to say that. Do you know who you're talking to? I do know Hello? who I'm talking to. Believe me, nobody Look knows more. Look at the background. <laughs> this gentleman comes from the Crossing Rails Baseball Club of Alliance, Ohio. He is the 2022 Frankenmuth Vintage Baseball Festival Captain Match Most Valuable Ballist. He is the 2023 Mightiest Striker from the Akron Cup against the mightiest of competition in a full bracket. He is Mark Hisanello. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Oh, jeez. Mark- That's quite the resume, Mark. How's that feel to have that resume? Oh, well, I think my wife's in the other room rolling her eyes right now. So, yeah, then it's great. It feels good. Well, it's a good <laughs> thing your wife didn't see the post I made earlier. So here's the thing. I made a post earlier on Facebook and I, I cropped out Mr. Terwilliger from the picture that you two took together with your belts. And, uh, well, hey, hey Mark, do you want to see what the post, do you want to see what the post looked like, Mark? Can I jump on Facebook real quick? No, it's hang on. There. I fixed oh. it. My stupid background is ruining this. Give me one second. I pulled up I pulled up his the thing and I was like, Oh yeah, I was gonna like it and everything and I was like, This is gonna be great. This is what it looked like. Hang on, get in there, stupid. It was just a picture oh. <laughs> right there. It was it was the business section is what uh, they call it. Business. It was the was pelvic region. Oh man, that is pretty good, though. I, I said, I said, barrel roller. Our female listenership's gonna double. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't realize when I was cropping the picture that's the way it was gonna look. So I just cropped it. I put it in. It did not look like that when I was doing the post, and then I just sent it and went on my merry way. So I don't know how long it was up there like that until Rudy. Oh, sent me a That's message tough. and is like, "Hey." <laughs> so I apologize. Uh Mark, it's it's uh, good to see you. I feel like I'm your agent. Uh you have all of those credentials on your resume now of all these things I've invented that mean absolutely nothing but uh they sound really good. Uh No, they mean, they mean something. They mean something to the guys on my team because I'll tell you what the amount of crap I get for having that belt for my team. If I pop up to second base, oh, where's that mightiest striker at right now? And I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Rudy, he's got the belt over his shoulder. What an awesome <laughs> guest to bring the bling. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, I got it. That thing's awesome. <laughs> I wore, uh, so we have our home tournament in um, the end of August usually, and I, I wore it like in between <laughs> games. And you should have saw the Cleveland Blues. They were just like the amount of like eyes rolling, looking. Oh, here we go. They're giving me crap. I was like, oh, come on. And and I think it goes without saying, Mark. They're just jealous. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how they. That's how they can't express their feelings. They're not involved adults and they can't like talk about it so they're just acting out out of jealousy so don't you know you hey i to, to my teammates particularly nate heater i know you're gonna be listening logan bishop tyree <laughs> J- jerry grimes all these boys that hit the long ball they give me crap let me see you do it in a competition okay mm-hmm. until you go all the way in the competition Oh, the competition's different. It's like it's like sitting at home on your couch watching Wheel of Fortune and you get all the puzzles and you're like easy easy and then you go there and it's a whole different ball game. Did you have uh did you have any jitters there, Mark, during the competition? Oh, dude, I uh, might have set a single single hour record of caffeine drank pregame. <laughs> I was ready to go. I was ready. I um no, that was so fun. That was that was honestly a top three like moment in vintage baseball for me. I love that. I come dude. When you're facing Adam, Mike, Finney, like these legends that just hit bombs. Mm-hmm. If those um, the distance of those things, I mean, we were foot or two sometimes made the difference. Like anybody could have took it. It was fun. It was a great time, and and for the listener out there, you can go to the YouTube channel and see uh, clips. You'll be able to see uh, all of Mark's best uh, furthest hits, his 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 bracket winning hits, as well as uh, almost all of the competitors that took place in in the Mightiest Striker. And it, there were some bombs hit for sure. Oh, okay, wait. I also have to mention because he will murder me. Yeah. My father-in-law was the pitcher, and he takes. Half the credit. <laughs> well, he should. He should. We also so, and he wants me to probably say it too. So, I actually won a. I'm two and zero in home run derbies. I did what? one. Yeah, I did one in actual baseball right after college, and he actually threw it to me. So, he said he's the he's the secret ingredient. So, love it. Well, well, Mark. Uh, <laughs> one, two things. Logan Bishop finished second in the first mighty striker we ever did. I think he lost by like six feet. So. We grew up playing baseball together, like same age, love Logan. And we are so competitive with each other with this thing. And he actually said that first home run derby I talked about was in the same one, and we were in the finals together, and I beat him. Oh. <laughs> oh. Awesome. <laughs> well, what that uh, – what that win gets you in the Mightiest Striker is you have uh, automatic admittance into any Mightiest Striker in the future. So Ooh, it's almost okay. like uh, Masters. the Masters. Yeah, yeah it's just yeah. like that. So uh, <laughs> A lot of people have called the Mightiest Striker the Masters of Vintage Baseball Community. So, do they? I mean, a lot of people are saying Yeah, a lot of people. Oh, good, yeah. good. We need to take that idea all the way up, though, because I'm telling you, that idea for instead of a home run derby in the MLB, I want to see the guy in the MLB that strikes out 
four out of five times, but when he hits it, it goes 500 feet. I don't care how many they hit in a minute. That What's that? I love that. That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, I like the fact that you, uh, my favorite part of my brainchild is that you can't sit back and just take pitches. And um, yeah, sometimes you're going to have to go outside the box a little bit and and uh, it's not going to be in your wheelhouse, but you still got to, you still got to try to maybe go to right and right, right center with it, uh, wherever the pitch is. So you got to deal with it and uh, you can't think about it too much. You get what? 10 pitches, six swings. So I, I thought it was a great idea. I love it. Oh, of course you love it. You won it, Mark. No, one, there is no way somebody <laughs> wins that and says, terrible idea. Terrible. terrible. Idea. Look at this belt over my shoulder. I hated it. <laughs> Mark, tell, uh, thanks for joining us once again uh, and giving us an hour of your time, which is about what it's going to be. Uh, so your wife is going to roll her eyes about 17 times, but can oh, tell us, I love it. tell us how you, uh, you came across uh, vintage baseball and how you got involved in it. Okay. Um, so my brother, Brent, who you've had on, he, uh, he took the team. Of, so we have our big festival in Alliance and they used to play a game. They didn't play any other teams. I think it was just kind of like an inner squad thing during our festival. And uh, the event stopped and they asked for him to take it over. He's like, sure. We had no clue what we were doing. And at the time, this is like 2007, so I was in seventh grade. And so I, I, I joined really early. So, I mean, it was everybody older. It was all my brother's friends, family. So our team has been friends and family forever. Like half of our team is literally my relatives, um, for better or worse. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I love those guys. But um, so like seventh grade, I, I joined it with my brother just saying, yeah, sure, I'll play. And. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'm being serious. I think this is a pretty unique experience. Growing up with vintage baseball, because I played college baseball and a little bit after college too, made me a better baseball player. Um, particularly infield. No glove, just the mechanics of getting down and feeling the freaking ball. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That glove, it gives you so much – like, I, I actually – so I coach for our local high school. I teach at our high school. I uh, I bring a vintage baseball every now and then. Nice. I'll hit them some, some ground balls with it. And every now and then, like, some kid will want to try a fly ball. I'm like, dude, I'm going to break your finger. <laughs> but, yeah, so I've been playing since seventh grade because my brother took over the team. And I was like, yeah, I'll play. Uh, no pressure, but your brother's episode is the fourth highest – downloaded oh, yeah. episode in roller Alderboro history out of 212 it's, episodes we've done. He's number four. It's because he's the big ticket. Dude, my <laughs> brother, he's a showman. I mean, like, he, he knows how to dude. He's like, he was sweating. He told me like he was prepping for your guys, this podcast. He's like, I'm going to hit him with the legal stuff. Oh gosh. <laughs> like, it's a perspective that I think is unique that nobody's brought to the podcast. I was like, go for it. <laughs> dude. Number one, no, there hasn't been a reveal like his when they joined the Zoom ever. Like he's the top of the, the he's the top of the mountain because 
we're like, oh, here comes Brent. And it opens up and he's got like many leather bound books. <laughs> oh, no, that was planned. That was planned. 100%. I was like, he was like, he was like no, like if I'm going to lawyer it up, I'm going to my office. I'm setting <laughs> like legal documents behind me. Oh, it my was God. it worked. Perfect. It worked. Uh, it was amazing. It was a little bit uh, intimidating to interview somebody <laughs> sitting there. Uh, in an office situation with all of the the books, the smell of mahogany. Uh, he uh, he well he did well. Uh, if you go back, it's uh, season four, episode eight. wasn't even that long ago, April twenty fifth. It was uh, yep. with uh, the Georgetown gentlemen were also on that on that episode. The darlings of the vintage baseball community. Very true. Uh, um. So, Mark, you said uh, the infielding improved due to the vintage baseball because now you're catching everything with your bare hands, and then you go and you got this big glove on your hand, and you're like, whatever. Uh, <laughs> how was it in the beginning? Because you're in a different situation than 99% of the vintage ball out there is. You you did this at a young age, your, your brother started a club. And so you're doing this from a very young age. So I, I guess I can't even ask you how it was to learn how to catch a bear baseball because it was rather early in your baseball life. What, what age was it when you started? So probably 13. Yeah. And how many years of baseball did you play up until you were 13? I've played since I was, I mean, like instructional league. So when you first start, and my brother Brent, and my brother Joe, I mean, I was doing wiffle ball in the backyard with them even before that. So baseball is like, it's my thing. Did you ever even have so, any fear of the baseball, the vintage baseball? Oh, no, they, I, I was the left fielder back then. <laughs> so oh, I used to play left field like up until we had a really good shortstop and then he left and. I took over for that, but, uh, no, it having, cause I looked up to the older guys, you know, like little brother type deal. So instead of being scared, I just kind of want, I mean, it's an ego thing. Like I wanted to impress them, you know? And, uh, I feel like, I don't know. I, I do. It just made me better. I, I was never scared the, um, getting used to catching it. So we played bound for a long time. Mm-hmm. So there was and the milk boy jokes came out a lot. And I was like, you know what? I'm not a milk boy. Okay. I'm going to catch it here. <laughs> so I started doing that a little bit. Cause I mean, it did take a couple years to get used to it. Cause I mean, it pops out of your hand for a while, but then it came to me, but I don't know. It just, it was a pretty cool experience. I'm not familiar. To- Go ahead, Rudy. I but didn't. I had this vision of Mark being like, I'm not a milk boy. I'm a milk man. I'm a milk <laughs> man, okay? <laughs> and, and going out there as a child, throwing his hands up at line drive. Okay, so so I was so when I started, okay, I was young, but like I I matured early. So I could throw pretty hard back then. And I didn't have the concept of like when you hit the cutoff, like just get to him. You know, you know what I'm saying? My dad played back then, long time. My dad was old. He's passed away now, but freaking, he he was the pitcher, and there was a play at the plate. And I remember 
again, ego thing. I was like, I am going to throw this as hard as I freaking can. And I shattered his finger. Like his finger was like, <laughs> it, I kept doing it. And I remember he gave me crap to, like forever. But um, our, it took our shortstop to scream at me. He was like, listen, dude, you're breaking everybody's fingers. And I was like, well, I, I was sounding great. I don't know. I was just trying to look sweet. But <laughs> this, is hitting a, this is hitting the spot for me, Bill Roller, because I, I I can only just speculate that Mark's ability has uh, started from playing with brothers who were older than him and them not letting up on him. So it was like, I got to keep up and meet them, which is very reminiscent of my little brother who would be against me and Ian. And then same thing, he would play infield and purposely bobble a ball to make the throw closer at first base when he was throwing to Ian. Just because he, he knew he had a cannon and he could do it. So like and he never stopped. Oh yeah. oh yeah. What hits my spot is the fact that I just noticed over Mark's left shoulder is the anchor from the Captain's Match MVB at Frankenmuth Vintage Baseball Festival. He's got both of my items up there. I'm oh, I am del- I am just delirious with the glory that I feel right now. Well, with uh, so as far as captains goes, so me and my brother right now we're we're like a dual captain, captains, I guess. Um, I like to think he's more of the GM and I'm more of like the manager. Yeah. He does the scheduling, other team stuff. I make sure we have nine guys. <laughs> <laughs> that type of deal. But uh, how how yeah no. How do you like no. that? Making sure you have nine guys. When at what point of the weekend do you or the week? Do you start getting the I'm not gonna make it? Does that happen early or late in the week for you? I okay, so I have another probably unique experience with this because I have a bunch of people I can always call. Jeez, I do. I have I have like endless people, and we used to have too many people when we first started. Um, so you get like the 16 guys, 17 guys showing up, and then once you're through the orders, the eighth inning, you're like, oh my god, like I got to swing one time. Um, I, we have a good number right now, and I have, like, reserve guys I can always call. So, again, I coach for I my – Yeah. Like, I I have an endless, like – You got a I farm could, system. I have a farm system. I really do. And I could take advantage of it more than I do. Um, but you I don't, don't. But you don't have to. <laughs> you don't because don't you don't have to. If you had Correct. to, you would. <laughs> well, like – so to me, it, our team's always been like a family first thing, um, and we love that. So, like my uncle Joe, the legendary outlaw, everybody remembers Uncle Joe. Like he, uh, he's still pitching. He's still yeah. he's still going fair foul. Like, and I, I'm gonna <laughs> he's, and I'm gonna play him every time over anybody else. I don't care. He's my uncle Joe. He's a legend. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> love it. All right, we're gonna take uh, a quick break right now we're going to let mark catch his breath as we bring in jeff kozlowski of the greenfield village lottie does to give us a live news break thank you guys <laughs> i gotta dust off johnson mclean here excuse me 
Jonathan <laughs> McLean. Ah. Well, thank you, gentlemen. This is your Roller Out the Barrel news break for Tuesday, June 7th, 1881. I'm Jonathan McLean, Dateline, Providence, Rhode Island. The Grays had a rough game yesterday as they took a whitewash from the ball club out of Cleveland, Ohio. Speculators noted that neither team could hit worth a cent, with only Mr. York, the number nine batter, having the only one really of note. Cleveland's runs all came in the fourth inning off of four hits and four errors. A base on balls being scored as an error was only compounded by the poor umpiring of Mr. Powers, who was terrible on both sides, but Providence was harmed the most. Final score, Cleveland 4, Providence 0. In other games, Detroit did some whitewashing of their own by beating the Troy Haymakers 2 to nothing. Both of the Detroit runs came in the third inning, while Troy was never able to push any runs across. The little that was written about the game only stated that Mr. Cassidy, the Troy center fielder, played wretchedly. In what was easily the best game of the weekend, Princeton University beat Harvard 6-5 to in a 10-inning contest. While it saw plenty of missed balls and fumbles, it saw manly play with one ball spraining his ankle while crossing home and Mr. Nichols gutting out a thumb injury he sustained in the second inning. The umpiring was referred to as unsatisfactory, but 1,800 people still attended, including many of the fair sex. We counted three games today. There will not be a four. Today's news break was brought to you by A.W. Mitchell Engraving. Metal engraving so talismatic, it would bring a French woman back from the brink of suicide. I'm Jonathan <laughs> McLean, and this is your Roller Out the Barrel news break. Right. Oh, thank you, Jonathan McLean. And uh, before he leaves, Jeff Kozlowski has a question for Mark Pizzanello. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. All right. So, so Mark, you know, it's, it's great to, it's great to see again. I, I feel like our paths have crossed a few times here. Um, so it's, it's cool hearing all of the, the baseball side of it and the skills and the abilities and all that. What is the thing that is non-baseball skill related that was maybe the biggest like wake up call moment that you have to deal with as a vintage ball player? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I would say, so I think my brother talked about on the podcast how we learned the game was from uh, Ed Schumann. Um, it, like the gentleman side of it, from that perspective, um, it, I don't know, I, I was a cocky little kid, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, and so like coming from from the historical perspective and making sure we were doing it correctly and in that in that format um it took some getting used to to me um it's such a I good thing yeah well I, I appreciate that perspective now because like if to this day if if i hit a ball and you throw me out first base in a bang bang play, and I know it. I'm I'm out. Like I'm gonna tell you, I'm out. Whereas seventh grade me wouldn't have said that. I'd be like, oh, you know. But I think it's it's taught me more than just like be a gentleman during. Like, I don't know. Like I want to win fair, I guess. And it it made a big impact on me with that. 
Do you, do you see that with like other teams that you might be playing? Like there's that seventh grade version of you is like a 30 year old on some other team and it just, does it burn you up inside or does it like, you know, do you, do you get mad because they're not playing the game right? Or how do you feel when you see that? I get where it's coming from. So I don't get too upset about it. I understand. Part of me gets even more competitive and be like, you know what? You cheat. I'm still going to beat you playing fair. <laughs> no. Um, but, but, no, um, I do see it. And it, it's not too big of a deal to me. I, I mean, I get it. Um, but I do. I feel like it's getting more competitive, which is a good thing in my eyes. I, I like that. I, I mean, again, I'm coming from that competitive background. I, I love the competitiveness of the sport. I think it's just a fun sport. Like, take out anything else, and there was, like, a professional version of this, I would play it. Like, this is really fun to me. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people that try it for the first time find that out. Um, anybody I bring over from the baseball world that was doing men's softball or something like that, they try it, and they go, like, this is a thing? And I'm like, yeah, it's a thing. Like, we have guys that um, come to our home tournament and are old baseball guys, and they're like, hey, how do I join? I'm like, can't but form another team (laughs) i'm like form another team why can't we have two teams from alliance you know like we could play each other all the time but how boring would that get uh whatever jeff because because will tell you how boring that is yeah (laughs) well it it has it has its ups and its downs you know we found that when we have two teams they it creates for a, a, a good ball game because we know how each other are and we can do it. But at the same time, you know, that I think what to Mark's point about that fire that you get about, I'm going to play hard. Like when it's just you against you, that's the, the competitiveness doesn't always come out. You know, no, you go ahead, Mark. Well, I was just going to kind of comment on like how it seems like it's evolved to be more tournament based. Because when we first started, like, I don't think there was any tournaments. There was events, um, like even like it might be round robins, but you never even said there was really a winner. Like even like I think Akron Cup back in the day was just like you just showed up and played a few games and it was fun. Because uh, I remember when I, we first started playing tournaments. I remember the first big one, Rudy, was Battle for Ohio. Oh, <laughs> it was like the most fun thing that we ever did. Uh-huh. Oh, dude, I loved it. And uh, I remember the Ohio versus Michigan at Detroit on the lake or on the river. That was, there's like barges going by. That was so cool. Yeah. I'll never forget. So we were facing the Blues in the semifinals that game. Yep. And we were up. Okay. We were up like one or two runs. They were the home team. It was the bottom of the last inning. They had bases loaded two outs. Thunder hits right beside home plate, and we stop. And yeah. they're, like, they're like, no, we had I was like, no, you didn't. But, but yeah. I can yeah. talk. Well, it, it's an interesting but it, You know, topic. it's funny. Hang on real quick. No. Wait, real quick, Barrow. No. It's funny oh, no. that he talked about <laughs> – he talked about how, like, the, uh, the question was there's that, that seventh grade 30-year-old, and, you, <laughs> you, you know, you're going to – you're gonna beat. You're gonna get more competitive, and you're gonna beat them the right way. This is why, whenever we play the Alliance Crossing Rails, we want them happy. We want them. 
to be enjoying themselves and having a good time. The last time we played them, I sent a chili dog over to the the kid that hit <laughs> two home runs. I was like, hey, bud. He loved that. He was so happy, dude. I was like, I was like, hey, that oh. kid's too fast and he's too strong. Send him a chili dog. And so, like, we got to keep – because I don't want guys that hit like they do to be angry because someone will go to the hospital. And so, like, I, I mean – and I, I love the fact we Jeff said it, Cougar said it. Ed is fantastic. Ed Schumann is a treasure of Northeast Ohio vintage baseball. And the fact that he ha- is kind of directly involved in the growth of the community in that area is just a testament to how strong that community is and the quality of clubs in that community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How okay. do you how do you feel? How do you feel right now that you're going to be that club soon? Oh, jeez. Well, you're making me feel old now. Yeah. I mean, are they, I don't know. It seems like the teams in Ohio has kind of – I don't know if they've disappeared through, throughout the years because there used to be the Hoover Sweepers. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the Mules in a while. They, they, they do canal days on the Sunday of Akron Cup, so they can't come to Akron Cup because it's a two-day event. And so – they're not they, – they keep missing out. One of my favorite things is every year we used to play Mansfield in front of the reformatory. Yeah. That was awesome. That was so cool. Yeah. Half of it was like asphalt, though. <laughs> you would you try to make a play and you would, your leg would be gone. <laughs> Think cool. about that. Think about that because that's going to come up on you pretty quickly. Before you know it, you'll be like pe- – people – the clubs will be coming to you and looking to you, and you're going to have to – that that beard, that luscious dark beard, is gonna start getting some spe- uh, little salt and pepper in it. Oh, oh right I got three. I see three hairs, y'all. <laughs> it's coming in. <laughs> it's coming. Uh, Mark, Mark, my question was going back to a comment you made earlier about uh, how it started out your vintage career. There wasn't very many tournaments, and now and now there is. It brings up a point that we can all comment on. It seems like there's competitive vintage baseball players that really look forward to the tournament atmosphere, and those are the gentlemen who seem to kind of find something better to do when there's a single match against blah, blah, blah. And uh, and then you have the older generation, which doesn't like the tournament situation necessarily, and uh, so they are the ones that kind of find something to better to do in a tournament situation as they're really in for for more of the fun and the experience and everything. And when you have a club that's kind of half and half, you're in big trouble. It sounds like Alliance is a lot younger and does not have this situation that some clubs have. Uh, it seems vintage baseball should be in one boat rowing the same way but we are actually like every other aspect of life on this planet with human beings rowing in the opposite directions. Uh, everyone thinks that doing tournaments and playing competitive vintage baseball is wrong. And then the other half is like, why am I doing this if I'm not trying to win? And uh, Mark, I just wanted to get your comments on that. Okay. Um, I would say first our team I think we have a unique team because we, we really do have a blend. We have young guys that are my buddies um, that are great baseball players. 
but we still have like like my uncle joe he's in his he's gonna probably kill me i don't know late 50s i think something like that ancient but like but what's interesting is my family that's older like that we have a few 50 year old guys and they call me two nights before to discuss the lineup because they didn't want to win just as bad it's just kind of in my family's like genetics i guess but um like if brent can't be there he'll call me and we'll talk for three hours after a game but uh just like play by play it but uh i would say so to answer your question i'm sorry um so you were saying it's tough to get those guys to the games basically because they don't care. So we we used to do home and away matches like just you come here this year, next year we go there. And we were always cool with that. I we never so my team has never had an issue with showing up. Um except that one time my Uncle Joe's gonna call me after this, Well that that one time in twenty seventeen. I'm like, dude, okay. But so, but uh, we never really had that issue. We just enjoyed playing, honestly. Um, but I don't know. It's it's tough because well, I don't really have a. Which part do you enjoy more when you're playing vintage baseball? Do you like to go away for a full day and play in a tournament, or do you prefer just the single game, uh, three hour tour? I will say this. Home games are very nice. <laughs> Being able to not drive, because I that is an issue for sure for for a lot of people. Um, it'll be interesting to see because my friends, our age group, like my left fielder Jared and me, like he is having a kid in January, and I just had a kid this summer. Oh, it's so over. Like, no, it's over. Well, I I got him a vintage baseball onesie. We're he's good. Like he's coming over. <laughs> but uh. But because uh, our team is very like when I say my family and friends, like my the friends that play are like family, so we're all like a big unit. Like we just went to Kelly's Island this past weekend to play um, the Blues, and we all rent a house up there and stay together, and it's, it's a blast. But no, I, I mean, dude, I love competition. I really do. But I, I really, I miss home games, especially because we have the castle. The castle is awesome. Um, if you haven't seen it, I'm, Rudy, I know you have. Um, and it's like, cause we, we host the tournament and that's the only time we get to play there, which kind of sucks because we can do it whenever we want. But I just don't know if teams would make the trip because like you said, like, does anybody want to come just for a game? You almost feel the pressure to invite more than one team. Um, I don't know. Let me, let me, let me do the sales pitch for you here, Mark. I mean, it, it has been a minute since I have been up to play <clears throat> in Alliance, but it is, it's a, it's a fantastic venue and they're a great club. And I can't, I mean, I know I've said this on about various clubs throughout the course of this podcast and all its, you know, iterations with the YouTube channel and everything, but you, you want to play the Alliance crossing rooms. Like if you want to prepare your club, Say, say you're a Michigan team and you're like, man, I want to play a team that's going to help me prepare for the state cup or help me prepare for the world tournament. Or you're going out to Gettysburg and you want to play like a, a team that's going to be quick and good and, you know, and all and, and hit the ball really well. Get the Alliance crossing rails on your schedule. Go see them. 
Well, um, I'll tell you one of the funnest things that we've done was there was one year um, your brother played on the team. The whether the wild things or the wild yep. bands, <laughs> they're all black and they're like a bunch of different teams. Uh, I talked to them and they're like, yeah, we'll come down and play. We did an October game. They just came down. We did like a double header at our field. This was a couple of years ago and it was a blast. Yeah. Um, Cause I mean, I, football hits and pretty much game over. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I love October baseball. Yeah, <laughs> it's still good. I love October baseball. Um, I always thought it'd be kind of cool to get some like an Oktoberfest type deal. That'd be kind of sweet. But you hear that barrel roller? I was saying to the best promoter in the yeah baseball. Yeah. Oktoberfest would be pretty cool. <laughs> Oktoberfest in Frankenmuth is in May. Oh, is it? Not that I'm doing anything in Frankenmuth anymore, but. There was a time when I tried to line up the Vintage Baseball Festival with Oktoberfest. <gasps> Would that not have been glorious? But the dates just never lined up. Yeah. It was, no, it's but, uh, not called Oktoberfest, obviously. It's called, uh, uh, uh I don't, I don't beer know. It's like the World, uh, World Beer, beer Expo. It's not the beer, it's not the World Expo of beer. That's when people uh come around all the distributors and and breweries all over the state and other states too just come and give you samplings of all the stuff you've never tried before and stuff they're trying to tell you is good that's yeah. not what it is i don't know maybe it was in october i don't remember for sure i've kind of blocked frank and moved out hey mark uh your home field does it have room for two and a half fields by chance um we think it has room for three. I think Did we got Rudy. Do you, you know where I'm going with this? Yeah, I know exactly where you're going. I have no clue where you're going with this, but Mark I, doesn't listen to the show. Rudy, well, Mark will now. Mark doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> but uh, me and my brother, we were we were mapping out a third field, and I think we got it. All right, Mark, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you this pitch right on the air. I'm not even going to mess around in in emails and stuff. I have Rudy and I have an event we want to put on. Okay. Uh, It's not for clubs. It's for 96 individual vintage baseball players. Okay. Interesting. It's a double elimination tournament. Okay. Once all the, all the teams are drawn out of a hat. Okay. The order that you're drawn out of the hat, just like in the captain's match in Frankenmuth, the order you draw out of the hat is your batting lineup. So you don't even have to worry about batting lineup. Once you lose, you go into the loser's bracket. And every match after that, obviously mm-hmm. if you lose again in the loser's bracket, you're done. If you keep winning in the loser's bracket, you're still playing on a different team every round because everybody's names are going back into the hat. So what you will have in the finals is one team that has not lost. And you'll have one team of guys that have played with three or four. I I'm not, don't know it off the top of my head, different incarnations of a vintage baseball team to get to the finals. If that team beats the undefeated team in the finals, then everybody has one loss and all the names go back into the hat again. And then there's two, and then 
the two teams are drawn and then there's the championship match. So whoever wins wins. And that is the roller Alta barrel classic. Now it, what goes along with that is the mightiest striker and the gingerly gentleman. And hopefully there's no rain. And we also do the other skills contests that we had in Frankenmuth where we determined the uh, vintage baseballist of the year where there was the uh, targets the throwing the, yeah, the, the throwing yeah. and the hitting of the targets and the, all that. And it'll change a little bit because that was our first time. So we have to, you know, Frankenstein it up and figure out what was good and what was bad. And then what other skills things, but that would be the half field, the two fields. Well, the three fields would take care of tournament play until you got to a certain point, and then one of the fields would get knocked down to a half a field where the skills things would happen in the Mightiest Striker and everything at the end of the day. So I just want to throw that out there. It could also be a two-day event, but I just want to throw it out there for you to talk with your brother and say, wow, we could bring oh. something here. And if Brent's listening right now, he's probably, like, shaking. He loves dude. You get him with the promoter stuff, he gets into it. I'll tell you what. Our main field, Rudy, for Mightiest Striker with the pond would be pretty sick. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey San Francisco Giants, somebody with a canoe. Yes. Come on. Yes. <laughs> yes. With the Yes. Get some. Because if you hit the pond in the air, you win. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's a shot. Yeah. It's probably like 350, 340. But we we could put Feeney in a canoe and he could do live on location from the pond. Like, like I'm in the. I, I'm better. Vintage canoe. Yeah, you can. It's got to be like wood. Yeah, it's got to be deer skin. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, all of our events that we do, uh, we do donate uh, money to ALS, the chapter of wherever the event is at. So, so yeah. Something to think about too. I'm down. I'll talk to Brent about it. See what he has to say about it. I think it'd be pretty dang cool. Look at that. And I don't. I, have dude, any... I'm always. I love stuff like this, you know. I always want to play. Like so. Like talking with my team this year. They, we've played less games throughout the years, and they they're kind of sad about it. And I'm like, all right, let's. So next year we might try to load up. Um, I think we're doing silver ball for the first time, oh. which we're like really excited about. Um, cause we, so us and the Cleveland blues, we're pretty tight cause we've played forever together. And like, we go to Kelly's Island and, uh, so we were talking with them about it and we played that spring Creek earlier this year. Oh, yeah. Um, up in there too, their captain, we talked and so I'm, I'm super excited about that. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and it works like, like sh- shrinking the schedule, like just not shrinking, I should making the schedule more deliberate that it works so like you don't as you mentioned earlier so many clubs have kind of kind of faded away because they can't maintain engagement and and recruitment so like focusing your schedule is really great until you get to that point where you get that like hey we want to let's let's beef it up a little bit let's let's, let's yeah exactly not overload it like yeah we play i would say once and then there's some months where you play twice. Yeah. Um, just like weekends. And so Silver Ball would be pretty cool. 
and we were invited to Gettysburg and we're, we're interested. It's a hike. It's far, but it's an investment. (laughs) But I, if you're talking about a bit like a sport that's based off of history, how do you not try Gettysburg at least once? Like that sounds so, you gotta do it once. And so so we want to try it and see how it goes. I think I will tell you that if you want to play some clubs that of our your they're 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 of your quality like they're, they're we we uh as far as east coast team i don't know like would you say like the rochester teams are east coast yeah, yeah. like yeah cuz i don't think they played the open ceiling like so like the silver ball i think was they told me was fly roll but still like the two step lead yeah look on um still on the ball i think they're an older group in Rochester, I think. Um, but as far as East Coast teams mm-hmm. with that role style, we've only played Brooklyn. I think. Yeah, I would love to see you guys in the Dairyman. The Dairyman. I, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, see, bear, yeah. I would love to see an Alliance mm-hmm. Crossing Rails and a Dairyman game. That would be amazing. How many teams are actually out on the East Coast? Oh my gosh, there's a bunch. There's a lot, but I don't think there's yeah. as many as there are in the Midwest. The Midwest has kind of saturated the market. Okay. So there's like 3000 teams in the Midwest. Uh, there's a lot of teams in the East, uh, but we make them look like there's not a lot of teams because of what we do. But, hey, but uh, East versus when we get like a big take back Ohio, Michigan, just blow it out of the worst. The, the cool go, thing. The cool thing about the East Coast is you hear about there's a team in Connecticut and New York and New Jersey and uh, Pennsylvania, and but they're all really close to each other because of the yeah. configuration of the states. So it doesn't it sounds more travelly than it really is. So you yeah. could you could actually uh, so if you go out to an event other than Silver Ball, uh, you could still wind up at an event that like the doc Adams festival at old Beth page would be another thing in yeah. New York to, to travel to, to play all of these teams. Well, yeah. Uh, like for us, if we could play Cincinnati, I mean, that's what four hour. Five four hour yeah. Oh. That's a hike. Hey, you know what? I wanted to take this opportunity because uh, you did, and I, I, I'm helping you out as a as a young person with a, a new child and uh, a wife. Are, are are you in? Are you at the year two year anniversary mark of your wedding, your marriage? When was that? Well, we've we've been together since high school. So. Yeah, but like, are you anniversary of the marriage? So like, listen, it matters. I know you you can say like she's my high school sweetheart, but listen. <laughs> I want you to take some time to talk about how you met your lovely wife so she can hear you talking about her on a globally rated podcast. So go on. So she, um, she had a massive crush on me in high school. Yeah. <laughs> I remember she grabbed my, my flip phone. Whoa. I'm glad you my- said flip phone. <laughs> oh, jeez. But she put Marissa with a heart as my background. And I was like, okay. <laughs> 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 Whatever 
happened to the days of just wearing each other's sweatshirts or <laughs> wearing each other's coats? <laughs> uh, where did you take your, so your high school sweethearts when, so you probably don't even remember what, what was your first official date? And I don't mean hanging out. I mean, when did Mark put on his big boy pants and actually do a date with his future wife? Well, our first day, I just went to her house and we hung out with her parents and watched the first, or no, I think it was Rob Zombie's Halloween movie. <laughs> oh my God. It was, was it the first, first one or the second one? Was it the you first one? You can't. Yeah. Did I get a pass? Go ahead. I just, I remember one thing and they called somebody a fucktard. And I was like, what is going on? I don't remember which and one that is. Love it first night. <laughs> on the first night. Well, and because <laughs> so, her dad, I mean, so my father-in-law, Jim, I mean, we're super, he's basically my dad now. And he plays on the, he plays on the team. Um, he plays, he's our first and third base and pitches sometimes. So I got, I even got him involved in the team and he, he's really good too. But uh, that's our first date was we watched Rob Zombie's Halloween with her parents. Okay, uh, so hey, that's Joe Roller, first, that that's was a, 2007. Yeah, dude, I can't yeah. believe that movie was 16 years ago. For one reason, I'm a huge Halloween fan, so that's why I was asking part one or part two because the second I Rob think Zombie, the second one is trash. I think it's the one we watched because we dated in 2010. Uh, wow. Uh, but I want to know that's not a date. That's just hanging out at home, and that's what high school students do. I want to know, when you took money out of your pocket and paid for a date, where was the first date you went on? Oh, man. I don't even know. She's a softball player, and I was a baseball player, so there's a lot of us going to each other's games. Um, I don't even know, man. Was your wedding reception your first date? Yeah. <laughs> I've waited so long so we got some money. I, I'm still in debt from that wedding reception. But, <laughs> but uh, no, we, you know, she's played a few times on the team, actually. Um, she's actually not bad. I give her so much crap, though, when she messes up. I remember, uh, like, dude, this past weekend. So she had our baby in June, and Brent was on his way up to Kelly's Island, and he had a flat tire. And I was like, oh, of course. I was like, are you sure? Or are you just at home, like, drinking? Because Jimmy. <laughs> but uh, so I was like, Marissa, you got it? And she's like, yeah, I'll play. So she played bench baseball against the Blues after three months of uh, having a baby. So that, that was pretty cool. And she didn't. I was up to bat. And I hit a deep fly ball to center field with one out. And she's on third base. And she doesn't tag up. Oh, she can hear me right now. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Okay. No, that's a hole. That's a trap. That's That's a trap. (laughs) She played college softball. She knows the tag up. No, Mark. No, stop. She's just a conservative. Just conservative. No, we care. We care about you, Mark. Stop. (laughs) Just no. Uh, and on that note, <laughs> I'm sorry. Years, years of experience of marriages, ones that worked and ones that didn't. Thank you. No, 
We don't nice ever, flex. We don't ever see it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, wisdom is from failure. I think everybody can agree to that. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's how you get wisdom. Uh, Wait, I just got a text from her. <laughs> is it an eye roll? It's two eyes rolling. That's all it is. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> For the listeners out there, there's a, a very fantastic uh, it, one of the Olsen twins doing an eye roll gift there. That's great. <laughs> Did you have to get past the uh, the Marissa with the heart dotted eye screenshot uh, to get to that too? <laughs> it's all the same background. <laughs> just just so you know that that fight that future fight could have been avoided mark no it's okay it's well mark we certainly uh are glad that you joined us tonight so we get to know you better in the vintage baseball community all over the country except for utah they're stupid they don't have any vintage baseball uh got to know you better and uh we if you listen to these episodes you knew i was going to blindside you with the whole tournament idea but also uh we do a little thing called giving you the old pepper at the end of these episodes these are quick questions with quick answers no pressure but it actually has music here we go mark what's your favorite ice cream flavor vanilla classic what is your favorite baseball smell a new glove. That weather can't beat it. How do you eat an Oreo? Not really a big fan of Oreo. Not my cookie choice. I'm weird, man. I like oatmeal raisin cookies. Not even <laughs> vanilla Oreos. I mean, eat- I could eat them. I would just eat the whole thing at once. Uh, I have never heard someone say I prefer oatmeal raisin cookies. Oh, dude, they're unbelievable. (laughs) Oatmeal raisin's pretty good. They're not my favorite, (laughs) but they're definitely a top fiver. Uh, Mark, name a pet peeve of yours. Oh, not tagging up at third base. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) No, Mark. I just heard her yell, Jesus Christ. No. Paper, rock, or scissors? Uh, I think people are usually too lazy and they'll just go with rock, so you got to go paper. You you have strong opinions, Mark. Uh, if there was an actor to play you in a movie, who do you think would do the best job? Oh, um, Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> wow, you're way off on that. What is your third favorite color? Third favorite? Yes. Blue. What was the first car you ever had? Oh, uh, oh my God. The freaking, the gas meter didn't work. I ran out of gas so many times. Um, it was a Bonneville. Ooh, a Pontiac. It was a, it was an old one. It, oh, we, I used to get like, I was the first one to get my license. We had like nine kids in that car. So illegal. <laughs> What was the first concert you ever went to? Uh, <laughs> Trans-Siberian Orchestra. <laughs> There's no, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't need to laugh. There's no, no laughing. I mean, I, I mean it, it was at I was, Christmas time, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> they're phenomenal. They're great. <laughs> Dork. Uh, what is, <laughs> name a vegetable that you refuse to eat. What sucks? Uh, <laughs> I don't like corn. Yeah, I don't like corn. What the hell is going on around here? Dude, dude, we get Mark Pisanello on the show. We think he's like the greatest guy in vintage baseball. He comes on here trashing his wife. He doesn't eat Oreos and he doesn't eat corn. (laughs) Not much. My wife also yelled that to me. She's like, hey, you don't like corn. I was like, yeah, I don't like corn. All right, well, we'll end it with this. Give us your Mount Rushmore of your favorite, not, they don't have to, not vintage. Uh, I'm interested in your four favorite Major League Baseball players of all time. Okay. Hmm. Growing up, definitely Ken Griffey Jr., just the swag he had. Um, Roberto Clemente, I used to be a right fielder. Love that dude. I actually have his little figure on my desk at work. Uh, <laughs> um, I have a King Griffin Jr. bobblehead too, sir. Um, hmm. I would say Omar Vizquel is pretty pimp. Ooh. And then, you ready for this one? Oh, God. Best hitter of all time. Say your wife. Barry. Say your wife. Barry Bonds. <laughs> Should be in the Hall of Fame. Kurt Gibson. What? What happened? Who? Barry Bonds. take <laughs> happening here. <laughs> hey, I don't care how strong you are. You have to hit that ball. Okay? Helps the pitchers more, and they were all juicing, too. So, there you go. Wow. Are we Love about it. to have a steroid talk? <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about this. Ooh. So you think every steroider, oh my God, it just, this has no reflection. I don't know Rudy's uh, opinion on this. I, I've never shared my opinion on this. So Mark's going to get all the hate mail. Mark, uh, you no. think you think every Reuter should be in the Hall of Fame if they have the numbers? You know what? Sure, because I bet you there's a lot of them that didn't test positive that really were juicing too. I guarantee it. So... In your eyes, no baseball player was cheating because they were all cheating. Is there, Pretty much. Is there anybody who shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame because of something they did? Ooh. Well, they might kill a guy. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. They weren't Didn't good. Ty though. Cobb almost they kill a guy? Good. They weren't good. Ty Cobb only killed black <laughs> guys. That's what I heard. No, actually, <laughs> so I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like if you got the stats, I mean, you deserve it, man. I, I really, I don't know. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. Joe Jackson should so be in the Hall of Fame. Team to win. Come on. He was confident. He knew he was going to win. Joe Jackson should Wait, be in the Hall of Fame. Now, did they win that? No, they did. Did they? Did they yeah. Did they? You talking about Pete Rose? Yeah. Oh, no, I, no, I'm not talking about Pete Rose. Oh, who are you talking about? Because he bet on his team to win, right? Yeah. Did he never bet on them to lose. No, he always bet on them to win. True. They would win. <laughs> yeah. What was the other one he said? Joe Jackson. 
I really don't know too much about him. He took money to lose the World Series. Oh, yeah, get him out. Yeah, that's bad. Oh, oh, no, the Cougar is shaking with rage. Look at him. No, we'll bring <laughs> Why would Cougar you do that here? to him, Barrow? Okay, Roller. because he's going to just pounce on me because I said Joe Jackson <laughs> took money to lose the World Series. So let me tell you what Jeff Kozlowski is going to come in here and do. He's going to come in here and tell us his stat line from the World Series and tell us how could a man batting this well in the World Series be taking money? It's because hey, hey, it's because. I hear this. Wait. I need to hear this. What did he do? He go ahead, Cougar. Uh, no, no, I'm finishing my point. <laughs> how how did Shoeless Joe Jackson deliberately try to lose the World Series if he did so well in the World Series? It's obvious. The answer is he didn't have to do that bad because everybody around him was doing bad enough to lose the World Series, so he could just go ahead and play baseball. But he still took money. Jeff Kozlowski is about to burn me down. Go, Jeff. <laughs> no, no, you know what? No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit in my corner and pout. He's not going to fall for your trap, barrel roller. <laughs> he was a simple man that was taken advantage of, and that's all you're going to get out of me. I love it. You know what, what, Mark? That's a solid Mount Rushmore. I like that. That's a solid. Oh, you know, Barry Bonds, man. I know, man. I'm just saying. I appreciate that, though. <laughs> I, I will not comment on the steroids, but I will say Barry Bonds, without steroids, still a Hall of Famer. Yep. Oh, easy. Yep. So, dude, I got a story about him real quick. Do so, it. Do it. So, when I was in college, I was balls deep into learning about plate approaches okay <laughs> and i came across a very interesting uh article or book or something and it was about an eye doctor that used to work for mlb teams and he created and this is an old guy created a vision test um and it had to do with um had hand-eye coordination involved but mostly it was vision and reaction time okay and when he did this test he had like rankings, right? Saying like scores, right? Mm-hmm. And that he had Barry Bonds his first year being drafted. And he went, after his test, went straight to the manager, at, I think it was Pittsburgh at the time. And he said, I've never had a person get even close to a perfect before. And he just killed this thing. Put him in your starting lineup right now. So they knew just from a vision and reaction time test, that the guy was special. And I would argue, like, if you look at that season where he was either walking or hitting a home run, like, his numbers are out of this world. Mm-hmm. It shows you the hand-eye coordination. The react, like, it's just, that it's mind-boggling to me. What's also interesting is how your Mount Rushmore of your favorite players of all time is also really close to the Mount Rushmore of biggest dicks in baseball of all time, except for Roberto Clemente. So (laughs) (laughs) Barry Bonds, Ken Griffey Jr. And Omar Vizquel, I don't know what he was like as a player, but I can tell you he was on the Tigers coaching staff and he was not a pleasant human being. 
What the swag, dude? It was off the I mean, he wasn't a pleasant human being because he was on the Tigers coaching staff. Let's Whoa. be clear. Whoa. Those are jobs. <laughs> Those are American jobs you're talking about, Rudy. Everybody would love to be a Major League Baseball coach no matter what team they're on. They're building resumes. They're building experience. Don't tell me Omar Vizquel ever thought, oh, I'm on the Tigers. No, he loved it. Where is he today? I don't know where he is today. Because he sucked. Well, I'll tell you this. I was watching MLB now back in the day. You remember Felix Hernandez, the pitcher? Yeah. Um, when he was like dominant at the very beginning, like came in the league, just flying or broke like as much. Um, Barry Bonds was the hitting coach for the Marlins. This is when I think it was when they first did that big change. Yeah. Like field and everything. Um he was the hitting coach, so he's an old guy. And I forget it was talking about on the MLB network, but they said a story about it. And Felix Hernandez was as cocky as can be. He was talking smack, and Barry Bonds was trying to give advice to him. And he was talking smack to Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds said, okay, MFR, let's go. So he stepped to the plate, and he threw him a fastball, and Barry Bonds hit a home run. <laughs> I don't believe this story. No, I, it was from the LV network. So no, no. I'm just saying, he knew but, a fastball was coming. So, like, it wasn't like, hey, whatever, but he said you could get a fast, and he went out. Check it out. I don't know. Might be wrong. Barry Bonds. uh, I think he only lasted in Miami for one year as a hitting coach because of what an a-hole he is. Because the general manager hated Barry Bonds. The owner's the one that wanted to bring him in, and uh, the players didn't like him. So, it is a case of when you get super talented at something, it's much easier to do it than teach it. And, and I believe that is what happened with Barry Bonds and his illustrious hitting coach career. <laughs> dick. Not you, Mark. Barry Bonds. What a dick. Uh, anyway, uh, Mark, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next year at the Roller Alta Barrel Classic. Rudy, why don't you go ahead and get everybody out of here? Oh, uh, hey, hey, friends. Uh, for Cougar, the Barrel Roller, and the mightiest striker in all of the land, Mark Pizzanello, I'm the Spawn Fox, and I want you to know that whether you call heads or tails, you're either going to win the toss or you're going to lose it. Damn, that's accurate. If you're Mark Pizzanello on the bat toss, you lose every time. <laughs> Can't win it. I love it. <laughs> All right, we will see you guys. Don't forget, go to our YouTube channel. You can check out Mark Pizzanello winning the Mightiest Striker. It's a four-minute video. Chill out and just watch it. There's also the Gingerly Gentleman. There's also video of all of our previous, not all of them, but a lot of our previous interviews so you can watch the video of the interview in these Zooms and also uh, a plethora, a plethora of matches that uh, Rudy and I together or uh, away from each other solo are calling matches all over the country in vintage baseball. And you can watch the video of said matches. And, oh, Jeff Kozlowski's in some of those too. Oh, it's crazy. You must subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are so far away from being able to go live on YouTube, but we're going to keep fighting. You must subscribe.